0: A small wiener could be considered a handicap. Does your wife poke fun at you? Probably, is it ain't very enjoyable to sit on. She contours her body to try and feel it. Gets a jolt of pleasure here and there. Tries to get off, but fails miserably. Then after you shoot and snore, she thinks of the game that day where we chatted outside the field over coffee while you were stuffing a husky dog down your fat ass watching the band. She then lays in bed and gets off to the image of pup she filed away from that day. Look at you, you're 43, hideous, looking and single, and your wife-girlfriend is combing social media trying to find me, looking for a fair, hard and honest poundy. seems like yesterday that uh, Braylon Trice was really pissing off uh, Joey at the Oregon State game from a year ago with his bonehead penalty, and now we're all really excited here on a Sunday evening as he and ZTF have announced that uh, they're both coming back for uh, for the 2023 season. Joey, you had said before that when you were writing your notes going into the podcast after last year's Oregon State game that you wrote. Braylon Trice is a fucking idiot. Is he? Uh, what are your thoughts now? Is he's coming back?
1: Uh, he's I, he's a beloved <laughs> fucking idiot. <laughs> <laughs> no, he he is uh, he's definitely redeemed himself after this year. It, it was uh, it, it's funny he he only has uh, he only has eight sacks on the year, but it feels like. Uh, hmm. it feels like so much more because um, there was yeah, it feels like 15. Yeah. He, he, yeah. He had, well, he and Martin had constant pressure, but they, he, they just had so little help everywhere else. You know, as long as you, as long as a quarterback got the ball out quick or something, you know, it was, you know, it was a completed pass, but um, I mean, that's like, I mean, I keep, I keep wondering, like, when the you know I'm knocking on wood, like when the when the like the negative kind of a negative news feed is going to come in because everything's been pretty, everything's been about as good as you could have an off season so far. So, and having these two guys announced today and 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 it's and it's looking like Caleb Presley is going to. Gonna commit to UW probably on signing day. I'm guessing uh, he's getting a bunch of crystal dongs coming in now, so that's that's good news. <laughs> uh, and you learned all
0: this on uh, Dogman? Uh, I mean, uh, Twitter?
2: Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah, <right>. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I followed. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, yeah, it was uh, Bill Fleener's Twitter account. Uh, <laughs> was, uh, oh, don't do it, to Fleener. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I, I don't hate on Fleener like most people do. Yeah. I, I, uh, yeah, me too. Fleener, Fleener is okay. I, 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 I don't hate on Fleener. Fleener, Fleener's okay in my book.
0: I mean, I'm, I'm mean, so the- usually.
1: <laughs> He, he was
0: always nice to me. I haven't talked to him in many years, but he was—he was always decent to me. Uh, but so I don't have anything personal. But anyways, please continue. You sound like you were going to say something else.
1: Uh, yeah, just the uh, the the positive news. I mean, uh, you know, Jer- Jeremy Bernard, uh, Jeremy Bernard coming back—that's that's that's, aw- that's a good deal. It's it's kind of an odd it's it's an odd bizarre journey he's on, but. <laughs> you know, um, you know what? I mean, he's, if, he's stuck I, here if I have time now, so
0: I don't know if I have time to edit or not tonight with this, but I should go back right right where you just said that just now. I should make a mark. I should go back to our podcast uh, following Michigan State, find the remarks you guys were making about Bernard, and insert them.
2: <laughs> <laughs> All right.
3: I well yeah, I, I, hope, I hope that
2: wasn't too bad.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember if I said anything bad. I definitely have, I said like I felt sorry for him at different points at the time I mean, it just <laughs> had to be such a <sighs> you
2: know
3: you make decisions in life and I could not imagine there'd be any way to rationalize at that very moment of how that felt anything like but a terrible <laughs> terrible decision. <laughs>
0: He only made one start all year. Not that he should have made a bunch. I'm not saying that he should have, but he made one start and that was at Washington.
3: Well, it didn't go that well, but he's got potential. He's uh
0: Oh yes. He you could see looked,
3: it. he looks he looks like he could be really good and they need some more guys like that at that position. Uh and they don't have a ton uh in in the in the wings that are obvious yet.
0: But it's so funny that and I've said this once before a couple 3 weeks ago but it's so funny to think back that I was so crestfallen uh at the news that um oh I forgot the guy's name again for God's sake the guy that went to uh, BYU or Utah Puka Puka that, and I was—I thought he was the one playmaker we could depend on, and Jalen McMillan was a bit too soft and wasn't willing to fight for the football and give effort and this kind of stuff. And, the, and Puka was the one guy we could depend on that could get the seventy-yard touchdown. And now that he's gone, oh my God, what are we going to do? And I couldn't have been more wrong, you know. So,
3: <laughs> turns out coaching matters. Uh, though, I mean, I do <laughs> stop—I do stop and think of what they would fucking be if they would have they still had Puka. I mean that would have been pretty fucking awesome, uh if they had if, if Jalen Polk was was Puka Nakua and that's not a knock on Jalen Polk. I mean uh though I think he's older. I think the Ku Puka's older. But yeah, no, I mean that's uh it turns out coaching matters uh across the board. I mean receiver being a huge uh a huge example of that.
0: Well and the thing that Shepherd always preaches and we heard this even you know from the day one that he got hired, you know, that he's preaching, fighting for that football and going out and getting that football and not not letting it come to you or um and, and then you know what was the prototypical example of that, of course, was Jalen McMillan going up in that uh that post route against Oregon on the road, takes the ball yeah. away from the D B. One of the oh, great yeah. plays yeah, of I mean- the year
3: across the board, I mean, you got position coach, having a coordinator, you know, that uh, can function as good, and an overall head coach with a scheme. I mean, that that changes everything for, for that position. Yeah, because, I mean, I know one was in the Apple Cup. I think there was, like, a couple other, too, where it seemed like McMillan really gave up on balls that he could have fought for it and it got picked for the quarterback. So, yeah, it's a perfect example of that Oregon That Oregon ball, I think, with the right coaching and motivation, he would—he's a completely different player. So, uh, yeah, because there was was like—I feel like speaking of, we might have shit on him pretty hard on the podcast last year after a couple games where where he really gave up on balls or didn't. He could have played defender and he just didn't even one percent, and then it got picked. And if you're the quarterback, you'd have to be fucking pissed. So, uh, he. You could just erase those old tapes of talking shit about him, too. But you know what? And
0: even as you were just saying that, Wooly, I was kind of flashing back to last year and stuff, and I remember just, like, shaking my head and thinking, uh, you know, he's immature, he's not a team player, obviously, and uh, he just doesn't care enough. And you know what? It might very well be simply that he just didn't know he was supposed
2: to. (laughs) (laughs) You you
1: know? I I mean, yeah. After – after that Montana game, after that Montana game, I I I don't know how much fire that whole team even really had in them. I mean, it's pretty. That was that was a big, big, big letdown. So of the whole entire program. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you got your head coach <laughs> saying you're going <laughs> to compete for the national
0: championship, and then you can't even run for more than sixty-four yards against I, Montana at home. So bad. So, so bad, we don't need to go back but, over that but Yeah. Well, you know, and if we could just go back to that time when we were podcasting after that crushing loss to Montana and then point out all the things that are happening now in December of two thousand twenty two that were ten and two, we're about ready to go play Sark. And uh, all these good things that we've talked about with, uh, you know, ZTF and Trice and Bernard, all these good things are happening. All these good things are turning our way. And be like, okay, it seems like the bad karma has been flushed out of the system.
3: I mean, it's been a run. There was years there. I mean, I think starting in, like, I mean, even though they made the Rose Bowl in 2018 and, you know, they won the Apple Cup and won the Pac-12. I mean, I think it started in 2018 where it just seemed like every fucking thing was just, just bad, a uh, thud, and bad, and <laughs> went out for years. Uh, so it's been nice that, you know, the second half of this season and throwing Michigan State in there that, you know, you finally get a run of, like, positive <laughs> – it seems like positive things, even if they're not just winning on the field, they're finally happening again.
2: Mhm.
0: And and what I will say this then, as we kind of turn our attention toward the upcoming game, eleven days from now in San Antonio against Sark Texas in the Alamo Bowl, is that this is in in Kalen DeBoer. This is the first coach that I've really liked and respected since Rick back in the first two and a half years of Rick Neuheisel. It has to go back that far that I've been excited about a coach. And 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 like the coach, and this is the first bowl game that I've legitimately. And part of it's because of my own issues that I've dealt with with, you know, the UW and, and this kind of thing over the years. But this is the the this is the most uh, eager I've been for a bowl game, a Husky bowl game since probably the 2001 Holiday Bowl. Yeah,
1: this is a big, this is a big time, uh, it's a big time matchup. I mean, you got two, you know, two top twenty historical schools. I mean, it's not, yeah, it's not a New Year's Six bowl, but you know, like we said before, like if you had to rank the, you know, the matchups going into bowl season, you know, I, you could put this like, if you're just an average football fan, would you want to rather yes. watch this game, you know, on a at you know this game on prime time, or would you want to watch? You know USC versus Tulane. Exactly. I mean that does that does like nothing for a football fan. Fucking Tulane, Jesus. I mean, yeah. I mean this is uh, this is some good. Uh, I mean, ESPN will cue up the drama. You know a little bit, not as not as much as if it was Sark playing USC, but you know, Sark playing his, his, his school that they're, they're going to build, he built up Washington, you know, and even though we all, we all, we all wanted him out, but, you know, they'll build it up all pretty, this, pretty heavy.
0: There were some dudes that didn't want him to go, but anybody with a uh, half a brain, shall we say?
1: Well, I mean, you're, we're, we're pretty much in purgatory. It was like, it's perfectly, it's like it was. It's, well, it's like you're you're just slightly above average to the point where you're like, you know, God, do you, do you roll the dice and fire a guy, you know, or do you do you just start all over, or what? What do you do, you know, or do you just keep him and stick with, you know, a max of eight or nine wins a year, you know? It's like, uh, you know, I always call it quarterback purgatory in the NFL, like like Derek Derek Carr and Kirk Cousins, they're like quarterback purgatory. you know. Where, and by I mean, the
0: way, <laughs> see you, 9, yeah, no, 10, I, 11, 12, so five years he was at Washington and he had eight wins once and then everything else was between five and seven wins. Yeah. And like Race Bannon likes to always remind us, too, he is 1-0 and as a coach at Washington.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I... <clears throat> And and still number one in our hearts too.
0: Number one in our hearts. <laughs>
1: yeah. You know, uh, you, you could argue. Uh, uh, I'll apologize to our friend Jeff, who has a love affair with Jake Browning, but uh, oh I mean, God. Browning was Browning was quarterback purgatory. You know. No. <laughs> It's like we're we're winning games. We're winning games and you know, it's like do you, you take the field or you do you just stick with what you have and you'd have to you have to sit there and think about it. You know, and like that's the number it, like, one uh, thing Monty Hall and let's make a deal. Like <laughs> do you wanna take <laughs> do you wanna take what you have and t- take what you have or do you want to go with door number one, two or three, you know, and it's, it's kind of well, like it, it, oh, it, it, I
2: think I'll just stick with what I got. <laughs> When
0: people have said from time to time when I've been in conversation, it's like, oh, you're not excited about Peterson, and and they would want an example because from their point of view, Peterson was like a godsend and, and unbelievable coach and all this. And I was just like, well, okay, uh, exhibit one, uh, you know, Jake Browning, four years, never brought in anybody to challenge him. Yeah. That's almost a fireable offense to me, you know, but –
3: I mean, we've we've had this uh, endless conversation, but I mean, yeah, I can't remember why it struck you <laughs> it. like God damn, like how in big time football, especially like Browning's final year, did they not find a way to be like Jesus Christ? We got to we got to get someone else in here. Like uh, the rest of the table was set, and they just were like, well, here comes. The guy who every defense fucking figured out again. Uh, yeah. So no, I mean, uh, I, you're you're more excited about the Alamo Bowl than the Peach Bowl in 2016. Yes. Is that just and, because uh, that you were? Mur- even... You thought you knew they had no chance of winning that.
0: Well, a I didn't think they had any chance of winning it, and. Um... I, I went into that game with the same thought that I went into the Rose Bowl game against Ohio State is that I knew we were going to lose to Ohio State because we were going to try to rely on Browning instead of giving the ball to Gaskin 32 times. And that's exactly what happened. So, um, but um, played out played out exactly as I thought in, in that particular. It did. I'm not trying to be funny. I mean. <laughs> uh, no, I, but,
3: I, but, I, I but, totally get it. Yeah. And
0: I remember, and I was in Arizona and I got a, um, an email and then a phone call from that writer from the New York times. And he interviewed me for it and everything. And, and I remember thinking, and then after we hung up, uh, I, I remember I was, uh, just walking down a, a street with a clear blue sky over my head and talking to that writer guy. And then I just remember hanging up and just thinking, sh- I should be more excited about this game than I am, you know, but that was because of the thing that I was going through with, you know, we don't need to go into all that, but, um, you know, I was certainly going to watch it, but I had no interest in traveling there, and and I didn't think we were going to win. And uh, and I thought it was too bad because I really loved that defense in terms of what they were composed of and stuff. And I don't know. It's just uh, there's a certain combination of factors that are in place right now. I, I don't like the fact Jen Cohen's at the UW, but that's a whole other thing. But I really like Kalen DeBoer. There's nothing there I don't like. And um other than I would like to see him like recruiting like a like a motherfucker and, and that's that's hasn't been happening, but his ability to coach up players so far just seems to be just fantastic. Um it seems like a good guy that the, the players really love but also respect. What more could you want in that regard, you know? And then Sark, I w I wanna beat Sark. I wanna beat Texas, I want that one. I want this.
3: This is so. all fair. This is all fair. No, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I, I still was more just because of the stage against Alabama, even though I sure, I, I sure. thought they Because I was the same, the Rose Bowl, like, obviously it was great to get to the Rose Bowl. I was pumped about it. But at that point, they were kind of on a, a downward slide. We were like, well, they're in the playoffs two years ago. They were in the Fiesta Bowl the year before. Uh, you know they're not going to be the last date. Uh, but, yeah, at 2016, I definitely, like, just being on that stage felt cool, even though I, sure. I they had way less of a beating Alabama that year than against Ohio State 2018, and I didn't think they had a chance to beat Ohio State in 2018. Uh, yeah, I mean, it feels cool that they're into this game and you really feel like they could win, because I also didn't feel like they were going to beat fucking Penn State in 2017. Uh, so, I mean, you can make an argument, for me, this is the most exciting bowl game, in a lot of ways, they've had since the Rose Bowl in 2000, uh, because I, I also think in the, going back to the Alamo Bowl uh, against Baylor. That was, like, that year in the in the Holiday Bowl were, like, weird years where yes. I think USC, USC was ineligible, and, like, US, uh, Oregon, like, one of those years, Oregon was in the playoff, and then, like, the other one, like, Oregon and Stanford, I think, were BCS teams. So the Pac-12 teams <laughs> were, like six and six and went to the holiday bowl the first year. Then the next year, yeah, they were seven and five and they went to the fucking, they went to the best non, non NY six bowl. So it's kind of like both times going into those bowl games. I was like, uh, I don't think they're going to, I don't think they have a chance in hell. And I mean, they both, I mean, the holiday bowl ended up being fucking awesome, but the Alamo bowl was at least entertaining. But yeah, I, it's, the overall positivity around the program too, and it, it feels like a real positivity. Where Stark yes. was always kind of Stark was always kind of this like fucking dangling fucking greyhound rabbit that you fucking chase around the inside of an arena. Where wow, it was like, oh, we're about to we're about to start rec- kicking ass recruiting, and we're about to start having this quarterback there that are gonna just take off and guru, and it just. Never happened. He just kept going another lap. And then Peterson, yeah, the Peterson thing to me was just like also, it just peaked so fast, and then it went down so fast, like starting with even the USD game in 2016 where you were like, oh, like Brownie is going to be a huge liability, and he's definitely the quarterback for the next two to three years. Uh, offensively, they're going to have issues, and then – yeah, then immediately you went to the Peach Bowl. A few games later, and you're like, "Oh, they can't compete. They can't even really compete uh, in a real way with uh, a big-time blue-blood. with talent. And the problem is that you're also like, it's fixable. Like that was the thing too. Like, uh, yes, I don't feel. I don't feel like. I feel like for realistic expectations of what the Boar is going to be able to do, I feel like they're going to try to do it, and they're going to be able to fail or not fail doing that. And to me, that is being as good as they possibly can be without probably being like the four teams that are probably going to win a national championship. But I don't think they would, I don't think, this is also getting really fucking long. I'm sorry. Uh, That's <laughs> all right. I don't I'm think, listening. I think, I can't remember if Joey said it in a conversation on a recent podcast where like uh, Peterson or Stark or someone would go into this game and if it was really clear early on that texas was like look like we're just gonna stop your pass game and you're gonna have to run the ball and be a little more like dink and dunk against us like fine i feel like Deboer will be like yeah we'll run talapapa for 125 yards and we'll throw zero touchdowns but we'll win where i feel like peterson just would die losing seven to 10 to fucking Cal and ASU because you wouldn't. (laughs) In some cases, in some cases cases he wouldn't open it up. And in some cases, as you said against like Alabama, he didn't say, Hey, fuck this. Like we're behind seven to 10. Let's just run the clock out and try to hope that, you know, Gaskin can get a lucky break or fucking Jalen Hurts is going to throw us a pick stick, which he's already tried to do. Uh, Yeah. That's a long way to say, it feels nice that I feel like it's not a stubborn coach who's just going to die on a hill uh, and, and, and lose their, and, and reach their Mac right away. Until, until he does. Tell us exactly what happened starting the 29th.
0: Because we would have that, we'd have the offense and, and everyone, you know, if someone, I don't, know, I don't even know if I want to say if a dude was arguing with me, but just if you had a random person on Hardcore Husky uh, arguing with me on that, they'd, they point to the 2016 season and Jake Browning was the conference player of the year and, and all this. And it's like, okay, you know, that's an anomaly in that sense though, because there was also a lot of times where, and we're going to get, we're going to focus back on the positive here in a minute. Um, but there were a lot of times when Pete was here where things just felt stagnant and stuff. And then the the camera shot on TV would go to him on the sideline and it's like, he had a stick up his ass and he just, was not enjoying himself at all and, and you could feel that attitude permeate throughout the program and, and, um, and you just go, fuck, it wasn't supposed to be like this, <laughs> you know? So, um, and you know, uh, I was looking a couple of days ago, just starting from, you know, December 16th and just starting to look at all the bowl matchups and going on down the line. And it wasn't until I got to the December 29th matchup between Washington and Texas that I got to a game that I really wanted to watch. And I watched a large part of the Cougar bowl game and, and and a little bit of the Oregon state game and stuff, but it was the Washington, Texas. And even if I was just a random college football fan with no uh, allegiance to Washington at all, I'd be interested in this Washington, Texas game. So, I'm 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 fired up for it. So,
1: yeah, I'm looking I'm looking forward to that game uh, big time. It, and that first Alamo Bowl game they were in, they, I mean, they had they had like a fifteen point lead or something on on Baylor, and and it might have been like a seventeen or eighteen point lead. They might have been up like forty nine to thirty one or something, and then Baylor. <laughs> Yep. Baylor had like a if Baylor had like an 80 yard run, just like straight up the middle. It might have been, might have been that Lachey Seastrunk who went to Oregon first and then went to Baylor. Or one. Of, yep, he had, had multiple.
0: He went right by Dennison and uh, there, nobody touched him on defense.
1: Yeah, I can just, tell you oh. exactly what painful
3: what painful moment changed that game. It was. Case and Williams returned. They were up by, like, I think, yeah, like 15 or something. And maybe it was only like 13, but Case and Williams returned a punt to like the Baylor fucking 12 or something. And Chris Polk lost his first fumble in like three seasons, like immediately. Oh, yeah. uh, <laughs> yeah. And they were up, I think they were up by like 12 or something. So you're like, uh, they had just returned to punt like really deep, almost for a touchdown. And you're like, all right, they're going to, a three-score Pat, like even in that fucking game, like a three-score lead was gonna be really hard to lose, and yeah, Polk hadn't lost a fumble in like two years or something, and he fumbled. Uh, he he lost the fumble, and Baylor, I think, scored and like like tw- three two or three times in a row, I think.
0: You know, Willie, you said a, a few minutes ago you, you had that great description that uh, when Sark was here, it always felt like it was the the little gray rabbit at the racetrack. I think is how yeah, you put yeah. it, right? Yeah. And, and I, yeah. And, which is fantastic. And and Sark's at that point right now, because he's having to make all these excuses and stuff to the Texas fan base of why they're not seeing the results they thought they'd get. And you can see it manifesting itself in these uh, god-awful Burger King suits that he's wearing and stuff right now that you know his wife <laughs> His wife's putting him up to that, but the thought, it hit his, in his brain, he's thinking, yes, this will show that I'm loyal to the school, you know, this burnt orange stuff, and, uh, ugh. I, and, and you can tell, even imagine. his wife's got, got him wrapped around her finger, you can tell by what he's
3: wearing, so. <laughs> I can't even imagine how bad it is to be a Texans fan with that, I mean, because at least in Washington. You always had that, like, you went from 0-8, 0-12 to, you know, you built them up a little bit, and then you he, he had them recruiting, you know, about as good as they had in a long time. So you always felt like something was going to happen. I mean, you're fucking Texas. You're like, there is no... I never felt like... <laughs> a lot of people did. I mean, you also hit it low that Texas has not hit, but maybe they've hit it in with their own ruler. But, yeah, I I, I just can't imagine being in their spot with fucking... Stark right now it would just feel hopeless to me like what is he going to turn around it's not like you're someone like deborah where it's like oh this is his first big job uh or he's not like stark well sark was his first job he was young at washington you felt like maybe he'll learn something but like you're at texas you're like dude he's not gonna you not gonna get better like what when is he gonna get better like this is what it is forever
0: Oh, you know, if Texas gets the ball to start the game against Washington, they're going to drive 75 or 80 yards for a touchdown. They're going to look fantastic. They're going to be up 7-0. We're going to be uh, the our game thread on Hardcore Husky. Everybody's going to be melting down about our defense, you know. But, uh, you know, when the game's over, it might end up, you know, being Washington, you know, 45, Texas 34 or something. And in in, who knows,
1: you know, so – I don't know yeah, how i I, great, I don't know how great the Texas passing game is.
0: they're gonna do something against us. I don't think we're gonna shut him down, yeah, but
3: uh I haven't watched enough i uh you were the backup quarterback <laughs> I don't think he's mobile, so maybe uh, <laughs> maybe uh that seems to be the difference with like everything a lot of times, so maybe if he's not super mobile. We'll have a shot, but yeah, I was gonna say for everyone, me included, to try to remember like it's been a de- nice, nice-ish run with the defense, starting with like Oregon, you know, injuring Bo Nix uh, through Colorado, and then you know the Apple Cup, the defense sucked a lot, but when it really mattered, they took care of business. Mm-hmm. Don't forget, the defense is still, uh still mega questionable, and could easily make everyone really unhappy, even if they win. You know, they they could easily be the Alamo Bowl, but the other way around, where the Huskies win, like, 67 to 56. And, yeah, they win, but you're, the whole time, you're like... Like, I think the Apple Cup, they put it away so convincingly, I kind of forgot until I rewatched Highlights. So I was like, oh, yeah, shit, this was, like, a nerve-wracking game up until, like, what, like, four or five minutes left, where you felt like Cam Ward was going to their entire offense of a guy running and doing a fucking, uh, what's the, what's the Like, just a fucking like idiot like act of having guys slip and fall and then throw it down to some five, six guy who lived in his car. I don't know. I don't know if anyone else caught that with that, the little white cougar receiver during the ball game, when they did like a, uh, uh, feel-good story about how he lived in his car when he went to, like, a junior college in L.A. And it was just, like, so confusing. And, like, he lived in, like, a... <laughs> it was, like, a 2019, like, Mustang or something. It was, like, explain the deal with the car. Like, couldn't he have just sold that car, like, for <laughs> went to an apartment or a cheap hotel room instead of having that car? Like, and this is when it really arrived. But just don't forget that the defense... There's a good chance that you're going to be sweating and have high blood pressure uh, on December 29th because the defense still probably is a disaster, especially the secondary.
0: Oh yes. Um, I
3: think I think but, the front four is fine in run, run and I'd,
0: I'd like to think that they're going to have some uh, wrinkles in defensively uh, for Sark. Uh, that might uh have some impact as the game wears on in somewhat the same way that uh Cal did this year uh with Justin Wilcox and the way that they were uh doing their rush 3 drop 8 thing and we were just having to kind of dink and dunk for most of the game but and and you you could and and by the way uh you know had uh, Michael Penix been younger in his career or been a younger quarterback of any stripe um, that might have spelled trouble for us, but he handled that pretty well and he didn't try to force things for the most part, so
4: Yeah, he didn't scramble.
1: Uh, he he wasn't like scrambling though when when he could have. He could have pulled it down against Cal multiple times and just Yeah, you know, taken taken like five or six yards and just continued to grind them down, you know. But uh I mean, they they get a little they they get a little stubborn in their uh, you know wanting to pass and throw it down the field. But compared I, uh, to what we've been w-
0: through in the last decade, uh, the level of stubbornness is way down there.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, way no, down. No, yeah, it's yeah it's so the level of stress the level of stress with this team has been it's like an all time low for a you know for a. Like a ten-win team. I mean, next year it's going to be, you know, next year is going to be incredibly stressful. But I don't know. I'm I'm kind of ready for it. Do you mean in terms of uh, expectations? Or yeah, I mean, when the expectations are high, you know, and the you know, you'll have a close game or a or a tough game, and yeah, like uh, Wooly Duke said. You know, in our tech yesterday, they're gonna they're gonna fuck us over by putting us back to back against USC and Utah. Or, you know, <laughs> we have like the best chance of we probably have the best uh, percentage chance, you know, going into the season of you know making the Final Four. But the Pac-12 will fix it. <laughs> not help, not help, not help us at all. <laughs> I went back. I, I actually googled that that 2010 season and uh, yeah because USC was on probation so they couldn't go to the Holiday Bowl so Washington had to go and then Arizona actually went to the Alamo Bowl that year hmm. and Arizona State finished 6-6 six six, but if I remember right I can't find it yet uh, Arizona State finished 6-6 six six. If, if I remember right they had to they had to like file a waiver because they had they had to schedule two fCS opponents that year, so they had to file oh, yeah. some kind of waiver oh, they interesting. had to file some kind of waiver yeah they had a team they had like a uh you know an FBS team like either back out right before the season or or like drop their football it was something weird and they kind of got fucked over. You know, they had to, like, like, a and, I mean, like a hurricane or a
3: hurricane canceled the game, or then uh, a, a hurricane, a flood, or something, and then the other yeah, team wouldn't reschedule with them. So the only team they could reschedule with was, was, was like an FCS goal. Yeah, played
1: yeah
0: they played Simon Fraser or something, or
1: yeah, <laughs> the NCAA like <laughs> they filed a, you know, they filed like a waiver, you know, to get into a bowl game. and The NCAA like wouldn't grant it. Granted to them, like it's like really it's, it's, it's shit that's not even really in in their control, you know. Uh, but yeah, Davis that's Erickson that's... got to got to drink early that year, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, let's uh, see here. Those were fun
2: well, years. They
0: played, they played the Citadel that year. And they did play in a yeah. bowl game, as you were saying. They played Oklahoma State and they got crushed.
1: Oh my that was God! Arizona. They lost. Their...
2: That I was know Arizona.
1: Well, I was talking about Arizona State. Went six and six. Oh, I'm sorry. To... Yeah, Arizona State had to uh, file some I kind bet. of waiver.
0: Arizona yeah. lost their last five games of the year that year. Wow.
1: <laughs> Whoa, really? Arizona got 6, 7,
0: Three, four, five, six, seven, eight. So they were seven and one at one point, and they were ranked fifteenth, thirteenth, actually, in the country. Seven and one and ranked oh my 13th. Oh god! And then they lost five in a row.
2: Oh. They Arizona's beat us by thirty, war. of
1: course, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was a weird. That was a fucking weird program. Too.
3: Both those schools, I feel like, have a lot of years in the last like twenty years where. You'll go back and look, you'll be like, what the fuck? Arizona State was ranked like three or four. And then, but like, you look at, you, they finished the season, they lost like five of their last six games. They just had like a weird thing where they beat someone who was overrated early, or they, uh, or they like just had a really easy schedule. Then once they had to play like good teams, uh, they fell apart. Uh, yeah, I mean, but I feel like that's the big thing to consider, like, Next year, you have, like, this is the fun year. And I think there is some truth. I can't remember what player it was that said, like, if they don't lose to UCLA and ASU, they don't know if they would beat Oregon and, like, close the way they did. Because, like, it did kind of make the season where you were like, oh, now there's nothing to lose. There's no expectations. Like, fuck it. Like, let's just watch the game. And then when they started winning – it became really fun, which was kind of like – 2016 was kind of like that. But next year, the schedule is going to be harder, most likely, uh, and their expectations are going to be tight. I I can't remember what uh, – Are you talking about Hockey the Huskies or
0: somebody else?
3: <laughs> yeah, I'm talking about the Huskies. They're not talking about Arizona State in 2011. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> no. Let it know I'm already we're going year by heaven. year
2: with the
0: Sun Devils in the last decade, no, but okay I'm,
3: yeah, I'm already <laughs> looking at heaven. I'm already mega dugging for next year of like <laughs> it's gonna be Like I think the Boise State game is probably gonna be fun. I think they're gonna beat boise state Boise State's gonna come in, and people are gonna pay attention because they're kind of a name, and they're gonna win like fifty six to twenty one but that Michigan State game like right. Two weeks later, I feel like that takes, like, pressure is going to be high. Uh, you know, they're going to be playing tough games. And,
0: I mean, that's that's on the road. It's all going to boil down on to, the road. The, you know, is the Michigan State team, uh, did they sleep well uh, the night before? That's what it's going to boil <laughs> down to.
3: I mean, yeah, that's going to be a lot of tough games next year. Uh, so I think. Come on, that was funny. Yeah. <laughs> So, uh,
2: you know, it's,
0: yeah. they made, remember they had like a 30-minute segment on how important it was and they, they got, what's the key to make, we got it, we got to get our rest. Yeah. We got a protocol, well, we got I, a protocol in place. So, I'm oh, sure God. right now,
3: the, I'm sure right now Fox has already scheduled that game for 12 p.m. Eastern time and fucking <laughs> Ken Cohen and the Pac-12 are not, are going to file no rebuttal. They're just like, yeah, why not? Like, uh. So be prepared. I'm sure that's exactly. You take. Right now, they're probably that's probably already been signed that that game is kicking off at 9 a.m. Uh, the 9 a.m. So.
0: Eastern kickoff. <laughs> yeah,
3: it's like 11 a.m. Yeah, they'll definitely do that. Uh, yeah, I think. Uh, so yeah, I think enjoy the season. As I said, I think last week, you know, the fun thing about college football and bowl games is you get this like three-year grace three-week grace period where if you had a good end for the regular season, you get this, like, break before you got to get stressed out again uh, for, for the bowl game. Uh, and it's been fun. I, I think uh, I think Quinn Ewers is a gun player, so I think they might be able to, like, bait him into some stuff and get a couple picks and uh, maybe save the defense and be one of those games where if they can get up – it was like the Apple Cup The whole game, you're like, Fuck. We know what WSU is. If they just get up by, like, 10 or 14, like, this game is going to be over That's going to be really fun because the Cougars can't stop them. Like, sure, they can score some points, but, like, it's going to be a game like that where you're, like, if they can just get up by, like, like two scores, it, it should be really fun because I don't think Texas will be able to stop them, and that's what I'm hoping for, and I'm hoping Quinn Ewers gives them some fucking easy Easy point, because I don't think Jesus, what uh I don't count Colorado. what was like the last turnover uh actual turnover they got. Cause I don't think the Cougars turned the ball over. I don't think Oregon turned the ball over. Uh did Oregon State turn the ball over against them? I can't remember.
0: At least once Oregon in the red a zone, I think. Or Oregon,
1: okay, or Oregon fumble. yeah. Fair. Okay, that's yeah, that a bad yeah. that was a bad that was a bad snap. It wasn't like, you know, it wasn't like a defender, you know, punched the ball <laughs> out or you know, to, yeah, it was, know, uh, intercepted. It no, it was big. I, I'm being, uh, I'm being negative. They
3: got uh, a that, that was a huge break, no, even no, though that
1: is an issue. Though. Somehow, that is an
3: issue. It did somehow yes, go. Yes, it is. Uh, to be mega negative, it did somehow go. It be, of what it became, it became the worst possible outcome of that play, where it landed at like the one inch line. Uh, and I think the Huskies ended up having to punt, you know, uh, yeah. 99 times out of 100, the ball that ball goes backwards and it's a huge play or it goes into the end zone for a touchdown. <laughs> it landed at like the half a millimeter line. So they just punted out of the end zone anyways and fucking Oregon scored a touchdown. So it ended up really not mattering. Uh, but yeah, I, uh, I think there's a good chance it could be a fun game. And the key to me is just get up by a Two touchdowns. Find a way to do it, and then everyone can have fun. That that's that's totally good. That's my positive take. Well, here's the thing. I've got, um, uh, oh.
1: I've got a stat. I've got stats. Uh, Quinn Ewers, twenty twenty rushing attempts for m- minus fifty eight yards. Oh wow! That sounds okay. like
3: that sounds that's like my great. fucking bahala. I never. Fuck. Yeah, I would. <laughs> I, I don't want to play a fucking quarterback that can. Jaden Delora is like my worst fucking nightmare. Even if the Huskies have a way better yeah. team, I don't want to watch. Even if they win by 13, I don't want to watch them just have a guy roll back and just be defenseless because he can run for 12 yards if he wants to. And never You want the
0: Tanner yeah. McGee Herman Munster special. Yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's a really fun defense to watch if they play a non mobile quarterback, too, or even one that's just not really, really mobile. Because uh, they get stacked. Like, they, with the personnel they have, the team they run, as bad as their DBs are, like, I remember Michigan State, uh, Stanford. Uh, I think there's a couple other ones where, like, maybe Colorado, even Colorado is terrible. But as long as the quarterback is not. Really mobile, they. I think they can get a lot of facts, and it's fun to watch. And,
0: and you know, if you're a Texas player and you've got uh, your number one and number two running back sitting out, and your top linebacker sitting out, doesn't that just kind of send a self conscious message? that this isn't this isn't as important as it should be?
3: I I think so. I mean. You also think of the general. I mean, Texas is average as they've been for a very long time. I mean, the Alamo Bowl isn't that big of a deal to them. They, their expectations are way higher. They have way higher recruited guys. They have a lot more hype about them signing. I mean, uh, yeah, I, this really lines up as a game where, I mean, as disappointing as it was for Washington to go from the fucking Rose Bowl against the fucking Penn State team that would, like, if you carved up, if you wrote out a blue blood top ten team that they would probably beat, it would be that fucking Penn State team. Uh, going from that to the Alamo Bowl, uh, Washington, I think, is still having a lot of fun, had a really fun end the the season. It seemed like the guys are genuinely really bought in to make a big splash here. So I really I – mean, all these guys all coming the, back. Yeah, all of the off-the-field all the stuff that's not the X's, nose and off the field points to Washington <laughs> goes in Washington's favor here. Other than it being in Texas, but that almost makes it feel like less important for Texas too. And in, in some ways, I mean, I feel like the Alamo Bowl to them is like the the old Idaho Potato Bowl for Boise State, where it's like like it's no it's like a punishment that they ended up there.
0: Yeah, but isn't wasn't that usually played like on a Tuesday morning on December ninth or something? You know. I'm exaggerating. The
3: humanitarian but... bowl? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like a couple times, like a few times Boise State, maybe even Watson Peterson was there. They had like a really crazy thing where it was like, if they won, they would like, have a season where like they were like in talks to go to a, uh, like a NY6 bowl, but they lost like one game in triple overtime. to like <laughs> yeah. I And mean, then they ended up, like the way they would get slotted with that, that they had to go to the they had to go to like the blue field, their own home home bowl. Yeah, it was and it was on like Tuesday, December like nineteenth at like eleven a.m. Pacific time.
0: So I remember oh, sitting in a barber shop Colin. on a on a Tuesday morning, and I'm sitting there watching the Boise State Broncos. Sorry, Joey. Yeah. uh-
1: Colin Kaepernick was uh the they uh Colin Kaepernick and the Nevada Wolfpack uh beat them the yeah, field that field goal game champ- right it might have been a championship game or or it was like the yeah like like wooly duke said like the last game of the season or something and yeah they beat them by a field goal or something like that. and and they might no, have but the boise the-
0: kicker blew it
1: yeah he,
3: yeah. he, he missed like oh, a yeah, 28 yarder that would have won okay. it
1: yeah yeah okay yeah, but i s I'm pretty sure that that was Colin Kaepernick on that team, right? It was, yeah.
3: Hmm. It was a
1: Yeah. It was like a Friday yeah. night it
3: was like a Friday night game. I remember I was like home from college, I think, watching that at a bar uh around here and it was like a fucking amazing game and yeah, like all like a good college like a West Coast college football fan, you're like this Kaepernick guy, like he have got a little bit of a he's got a little bit of a thing. He's kinda of like a tall, skinny uh and ethically ambiguous looking guy who had a little bit of game uh who never would have thought he would ever fucking matter much after that. But uh and yeah, I think Boise State lost by missing a really short field goal and they were ranked like third or fourth or something, I think. Yes. And they went from like they went from, like in conversation at least we talked about I feel like for like a BCS championship uh to like I think it like they ended up like in the they ended up in the humanitarian bowl or like the Las Vegas Bowl or something.
0: And you know what? Uh if I remember right, I think that they missed a chip shot at the end of regulation yep. that would have won it, and then they went into overtime and the guy missed another chip shot.
1: I think, so, I think yeah. that think uh,
0: that kicker really blew it.
1: Okay, uh the holder. I got, may might have been two thousand might have been two thousand ten. Uh let's see here. Two thousand ten. Yeah, it says it went to overtime. Uh Nevada scored seventeen in the fourth quarter to tie it. And then went to overtime and they won by a field goal, thirty-four to thirty one, but I can't get mm-hmm. the uh, uh yeah, Colin Kaepernick, yeah. That was Colin Kaepernick's senior year. That was it. They finished thirteen and one that year. Wow. Yeah, and they, they finished thirteen and one and, and they only went to the craft fight hunger bowl and beat both <laughs> of <laughs>
0: Wow! Yeah,
1: they they shared uh, they shared the conference cha- the WAC conference championship with Boise State and Hawaii. Holy shit! God, yeah, Man, that's, that's uh, up. their only loss was to Hawaii. Yeah, their only loss fight was to hunger bowl and
0: who did <laughs> yeah. they play in the fight hunger bowl? Out of curiosity, like a six and five Tulane or something, or.
1: No, Boston College. Uh no. see, they uh they uh, let's see, Boston College was I seven and six. <laughs>
0: Yikes.
1: <laughs> yeah, Boise State was twelve and one that year. Uh they beat uh they beat Utah in the Mako Bowl. Twenty six to three. That's the game you're thinking of. They'd be at the Mako Bowl. Uh, uh, let's, let's see. It went Come from New on. York 6 to, to Mako Bowl. <laughs> to the Mako Bowl. Yeah, that's, that's depressing. That sucks. <laughs> that is really depressing. On I don't even 22nd, know where the Mako Bowl is at. Uh, 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 Las Vegas. Is it really? Oh. Yeah, December 22nd at 6 p.m. against Utah, the, yeah, the Mako Bowl. So they they... They played, uh, you know, before. Oh, they before, were a, uh, a Full, a full week and a half before the, uh, before the New Year's Six games. <laughs> that's that's really depressing.
0: <laughs> yeah, it is. It was probably in front of twenty-eight thousand people or something. You know.
2: Yeah, we'll they. It,
1: uh, I'm looking at their schedule. That they're they actually have a name for their rivalry with Fresno State. Boise State. Really? Yeah, you care to guess what it is?
0: I wouldn't even know where to start. <laughs>
1: battle for the milk can.
0: I guess that's why we haven't Bad. heard it. <laughs> the
1: battle for the milk can. <laughs> oh, they actually have a trophy. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh,
0: Jesus. A milk can?
1: <laughs> Not a uh, The bottle. battle for the mi- nope milk can, like a like an old school all milk can. Unbelievable. <laughs> uh,
2: that's better than going to the Mako ball
1: <laughs>
0: Wow. Uh, Everything about Boise is sad humanitarian really bowl me. games on December 9th, and you're fighting for the milk bowl, and you're playing in the Mako Bowl when you should be playing in uh, probably uh, New Orleans or something.
1: Oh, man. Anyways.
0: Pretty bad.
1: <laughs> as we All head right, down
2: the here, should we start an- answering some football. questions? <laughs> sure. Yeah.
0: Because let me tell you something. Uh, C. Fetter's Nacho Lover has been a moderator at Hardcore Husky for well over a decade now. And this post that he has here, when I said that we were, it looks like we were going to be posting on Sunday night, he put more effort into this post than I've ever seen him probably like in the last three years combined. Okay? This is, this okay. is a, a lot of effort for my good buddy Nacho. First of all, he asks, "What is our favorite leach moment? Mike Leach, you passed away recently. Okay. Oh, I mean, we all love the fuck you fuck me fuck everyone moment from Texas tech days
1: uh, <laughs> I, I mean I mean you know. It's hard to top. It's hard to top fat little, you know, fat little girlfriends. And, <laughs> yeah, uh, that, that has to be. Yeah, <laughs> uh, they're fat, fat, happy, and entitled. You know, that, that, that shit's real. Remember when he marched the uh, line that Cougars had a, just a shitty game and their offensive line played t- poorly and he marched them in to the press conference instead of him? <laughs> 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 and, and and it was just it, it was just funny because uh, that's something like if if it was your coach's like fourth or fifth year in the program you, you'd you'd be like you'd be like this, this is you know highly immature and and uh, unprofessional and unnecessary and he's just you know he's just using them as a you know as a shield for his failures but. I want to say it was like his first season as a, as a coach. <laughs> and so you had all the, all the usual suspects, like defending it, like, Oh yeah, yeah I'm, I'm, I'm all for it. You know, like, you know, Furness and Puckett and Jim Moore, they're all like, yeah, I, I'm, I'm all for that. Wait, you know, good, good. They should, they give him some responsibility, you know, and, they they take some responsibility on on themselves if they're big time college football players, you know
0: <laughs> you know we can't overlook like- the moment though that mike leach uh he he locked uh Craig James in the equipment uh in the yeah, yeah, equipment adam shed <laughs> adam oh that's right Craig James would have been about fifty years uh- old at that point. Okay, excuse his me.
2: Kid. His son. It was
3: his kid. Yeah. <laughs> I, Thank you. Yes. I mean, my overall favorite thing with Leach is that, like, he would do and say stuff that, like, the world's kind of become a shittier place that I feel like people are just all afraid to say or do anything they actually want to do now.
2: Uh, yes. But I feel like that is
3: an example, I and mean, then the fuck you to Paul Petrino. It's not just that the fuck you <laughs> to Paul Petrito. That's what watch, If you watch the way exactly, he's like, you watch his face do the math where he's like, is this guy really fucking doing this? And usually in life, and in, like, college football now, the coach will just be like, ah, fuck it, I'm not going to say anything. Uh, I'm just going to, like, walk away. But, like, the, the, the math that's done in Leach's face clearly He's like, "Hey, fuck you!" <laughs> <laughs> it's just what I did like Mike Leach of like, yeah, the world just becomes such a fucking coach speak, and like, we're not going to actually answer any questions, and I'm just going to stay straight. They're like, "I'm going to let it go," but just like, yeah, <laughs> just like, fuck you, dude. Like, fuck it. Like, who cares? <laughs> like, yeah, I, I love that. Uh, that's definitely probably my favorite. Uh, that, that's my favorite, uh, leech mode. Mo- and there's like the video before, I think it's like the 2018 apple cup where they're on the field and him and Peterson are talking and he's like trying to eat a banana. <laughs> he, like, <dropped laughs> a banana <laughs> and he's just, Peterson, just like, who the fuck? uh this fucking retard. Like, is like, crazy. <laughs> like you're not, man, like feel like, like steps out of frame of like, of, like I, this guy, like, yeah, this, both of those are my hide for my favorite.
1: Well, it was a continuation of a trend of, uh, you know, like cougar coaches that weren't that weren't really dislikable, You know, you know, how, you you probably do want to hate your rivalry school's coach or whatever, you know, but I mean, Leach uh, Leach wasn't dislikable, um, you know. I, I mean, Paul, uh, Rolovich, Rolovich.
2: Wasn't,
1: Paul I don't know, Rolovich was kind of a, like a goofy, you know, a goofy weirdo guy that I don't even think we got to even experience I- anything, you know, because of COVID with him. He's, but, he's simply Badaro leech. Like, he's like, last yeah, good leech. Yeah. It's really funny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I, I I don't know if I'll we're going Game of Thrones I, I, I had uh, like I had I had, you know, personal experiences with Paul Wolf at you know at football camps, so I I I, I always liked Paul Wolf, and then you know like Bill Doba was like, how could you hate Bill Doba? <laughs> you know, it's like this, just this like nice, sincere, you know, defensive coordinator guy that uh, probably probably shouldn't have been the head coach because his wife was battling cancer or whatever, but, you know, it's, um, and then I don't, I mean, I never hated, hated Mike Price, but, you know, I was a little, I was a little young in his early years. So I don't know if like there was a, you know, there was anything dislikable about him early on. So. Roll time. It's rolling, baby. (laughs) 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 <laughs> uh, that, Sorry
0: for the middle
2: that image Paul, there.
1: The, the Paul, that Paul Petrino thing, uh, yeah, Leach put back in his starters because they were going to score the goal line. So he put back in the starters to preserve a, a shutout. And I want to say it was like it was Idaho's either their last year in FBS or their first year back in FCS. So it was like a <laughs> – it was really funny because it was an unnecessary thing to do. But, you know, Leach was just like, fuck this. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to preserve a shutout here. You know
0: what? <laughs> so has got to be some history. <laughs> 1983, the Huskies shut out Stanford at home 34 to nothing. And the backups were all in. And Stanford's quarterback was John Pay. And they drove down to somewhere around the Husky 25-yard line and Don James called timeout and sent his starters back in and then they shoved Stanford back to the forties.
1: So <laughs> Oh I love it.
2: And they were pissed off about it. So
1: Well
3: <laughs> oh, good. Good. <laughs> hey, I'm not uh I'm not totally against it. I'm against like running up the score, but I'm not necessarily against protecting a shutout. Plus, I'm also against doing like cutesy stuff because you know you're blowing someone out. But like, yeah, I'm not. A, I'm not. I, uh, that's the kind of shit that I did like about Leach. Of like, he did shit like as a fan that you would do or say. We <laughs> were <when you're>, like, <laughs> like as a fan, you're like, yeah, I don't want to give up a shutout. But like, when you're a regular coach, you're like, yeah, but like it's not worth it, and you
1: you just you know you, you let it go. Right? <laughs> you just fucking put the starters back in. I'm all for I'm all for running it up if they deserve it. So well, that's so let's me. Here. And I, I feel Thetter. I feel everybody deserves it. So, <laughs> Well
0: what I, I forgot who it was you wanted to you wanted their shit pushed in. Oh, it was Chip Kelly. That's who you you wanted. Uh, uh, that's who you wanted to see the Huskies win fifty six to three or whatever. So.
1: I don't oh, think they've ever beat Chip Kelly. Kelly. No, they uh, did a uh, first year in UCLA. It wasn't it it was it 24-17
0: or something?
3: 2018, I think is the only time they beat Chip Kelly now that I think about it at any school. No,
0: I think it was 24 to 17, wasn't it? Or did we lose 24 to 17 to them no, one year and they, no,
3: they won. I initially I thought they had never beaten Chip Kelly, but that's the only time
1: they've beaten fucking Chip Kelly. Uh yeah, and they and they happen just so happened to win in the Rose Bowl too. So, well, they were just way better than UCLA. Like, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And of course, it was a you know it was a mobile quarterback that they, it, it, they they struggled mightily with in the like in the fourth quarter, like they had to hold on for dear life that game.
0: So Nacho well,
1: wants to.
3: Go ahead. It's not, that, it's not that important. I've said it a million times. But uh, also, because I was at that game, it was really obvious. That was the year that they played at Oregon the next week, and Oregon had to buy. It. And it was really obvious at that game that once they got up by, like, 14, that they just were like, okay, let's not get hurt. Let's save reps for everybody because the fucking Pac-12 gave us the schedule. Uh, end, of, end of my 20th time for pointing out that the Pac-12 did that.
2: <laughs> so, Nacho
0: wants to know and I'll let you guys answer this cuz uh you would be more tuned in than than I but uh what are the odds Washington signs a quarterback in this class other than PGOS Hardy RR? Um I mean, I would assume that if we're going after we were going after Kynolds that we we want to bring somebody in. But you guys might be better plugged in on that than me.
1: I mean, if none of the if none of the three are selling their couch, you know, I mean I I mean I guess they, they want to take one every year, uh, but I, I'm I don't even like I'm not losing sleep over it right now anyways. You know, they can I still think can, Sam Bewer's got a portal. Still have, yeah, I I I, I he, he would be my pick. Yeah, you know, I, I everybody's you know picking Dylan Morris, but yeah, Heward would be my pick first. So,
0: yes. It, well, did you yeah, have anything no, to add? Before?
3: I got no yeah, intel. Go I got no. I got no intel. I got no Twitter guy. Uh, oh no! I mean, with, with the transfer portal, I don't know if they really need to. I mean, because. Uh, I mean, it's all about one year now, and next year they just gotta get through with Pennix, and that's pretty much in or nothing, and then you'd like to obviously like to take a guy, but there's no one available, I don't think uh unless there's some guy who is committed to a school unless they're just gonna take a guy that's like a body like a fucking uh <laughs> some of those guys they took over the years, like was the guy with the hyphenated name from Arizona where you're like understand yeah. Yeah, pretty scad. Yeah, we're like they clearly took a guy and took a guy, take a guy. Uh yeah. So yeah, I don't I don't know. Uh, unless they are gonna do that, unless there's like signing day will be interesting to watch to see if there's somebody who's committed to a school, uh like I don't know, the guy from the area who's committed to Missouri, or there's like a guy committed to Oregon State who's doing the anti kind holds who's like, Yeah, I got bigger schools coming after me but I'm not gonna just fucking! I'm gonna to go to the school that like is invested in me. So unless some guy like that doesn't sign, I don't know. I think they might punt. And I think on that list of, I think it was Fudgy's list of mostly made up guy, transfer guys to they're like <laughs> signing. Uh, Auburn's quarterback. Auburn. Yeah. <laughs> Auburn's quarterback, I think, is on that list, and that would that would make sense, like a guy who probably doesn't need to start this year, but I think is like a freshman or sophomore who could be a good guy to have on the roster since you're not taking a, a freshman.
0: Well, I mean, and as much as I've defended Dylan Morris, you know, we're one play away from Dylan Morris being the quarterback for the rest of the year next year, unless we have somebody else, you know? So...
3: Yeah, unless I, – I mean, I think regardless they have to consider taking a guy who's been yes. like uh who's like a step-in guy like that. The guy at Kent State would be like perfect. I don't think – I think that was kind of just speculation. But like Colin Schlee, the guy – that guy would be like perfect of like a guy who's like, look, you'll compete for the job next year, but you're fucking awesome if like that gets hurt. And we don't – that instead of having to play Dylan Morris. But those guys are really hard to find. That's, a pretty, that's yep. a pretty narrow... You have to have someone who's willing to not play start next year, but who also is, like, good enough to where you won't be fucked if he has to
0: Unless, of course, he only had one great game, and that was against Washington. We need to check the stats. But... <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh... <laughs> He was, you know, he could, otherwise he completed 47% of his passes for the other games. And i like, oh, okay. Um, now, uh, Nacho wants to know, on a scale of 1 to 10, where would each of us rank our love for announcer Beth Mullins? Um, Interestingly enough, and I have the text to prove it, uh, he says it was about five years ago. I remember it being about three years ago, but there were multiple times where my phone would beep, and I would check it, and uh, Nacho is watching some game. He lives in Kentucky. Um, he's uh, watching some game. Beth Mullins is on there, and then he's just, like, flipping out because he can't stand her, and I couldn't stand her either. But um, And now he, like, loves her almost like he's ranking her up there with key Jackson. I think he said. Uh, and, uh, so he wants to know what each of us think about Beth Mullins, and I think I think she seems like a a nice person. I can't stand her voice. So there's uh, a 1 to 10, I'll say.
3: Yeah. Is this a joke?
0: No, it's dead serious. He wants to know Uh, where we rank our love for Beth Mullins. So I I say three, you know.
3: She'll she'll never be a a 1 for me. I can't because of, I think it was like Oregon against Cal or something. And they clearly had the note to like pump up Thibodeau, who apparently had like a sack drip sack for a touchdown tonight, and I don't even want to look at the internet to see how much his, like, second sack of the season is going to be blown up into greatest-of-all-time status. But uh,
2: And she was just <laughs> so <laughs> fucking
3: god-awful god, god awful with how much she was, like, talking about him. Uh, you know, guys, way she said, <laughs>
0: you guys with Thibodeau, it's like she, he's an ex-wife <laughs> of yours or something.
1: I mean, <laughs> I mean, I'm, glad, I'm glad you brought him up. <laughs> he's got I, he's got he's got he's got nineteen he's got nineteen career sacks in college and Hallie Takaha had nineteen in twenty fourteen. So there you go. There's your stat of the day. <laughs> wow. Well not to get lost in the, our I, I mean, Andrew Hudson Andrew Hudson had more sacks in twenty fourteen than than Thibodeau's career high. So there you go. Uh, not to go down a Tibbet Doe rabbit hole, uh, but yeah, no, I
3: Ah, uh, no, uh, uh, that was for Joey. Yeah, I, I, but that sealed my fucking fate with Beth Mullins, and the way she said his name was just fucking infuriating.
0: So you don't share, uh, you don't five. share Nacho's love for that for her.
1: Uh, I'm, so. a, I'm a five. I'm a five. I'm a five with with almost everybody. Like it, announcers are math. You don't need the number one. Like look at uh, the highest rated game. I think the highest rated like NFL game had just happened like a couple weeks ago, right? The highest rated NFL game of all time or something just happened a couple weeks ago, and it was really? like it was like yeah it was like Iron Eagle's kid was God. on the. And like Charles <laughs> David <laughs> or something. It's like you don't need you don't need Joe Buck and Aikman. You don't need to pay who who they suck anyways, but
0: no, they're they're horrible. Pay.
1: Yeah, well hey, play a drinking game on how many times uh, uh this has come up on Twitter too now. It's like how many times Troy Aikman says good job or some reiteration of good job or great <laughs> job or decent job or Blow job or hand job or it, 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 it's it, it gets up to like it gets up to like the forties and fifties. Now now, now, I, now I think producers have producers have come down on him because he's starting to dip down a little bit on the on the good jobs. I
3: think well, he's lazy and
1: grumpy.
0: I think and Joe Buck is like you know there he's like the number one case for the argument against nepotism because. His dad was a legend of course. And he's just Well, um, he's not bad. He's, just so, he's not bad. He's just, it's so, just yes, mad. he is. You know why he's bad? It's because everything is just so drab. It's just yeah. there's no like he like granted he's not a uh, he's not a color commentator, he's the main guy but um uh, uh RG3, right? That yeah. guy, I wish he could call every husky game. I like that guy. I love that guy. I wish, you know.
1: Well, yeah, I I'm a little bummed out about Akib Tlaib because I loved Akib Tlaib last year. And uh well, he's got some like <laughs> some serious legal problems now, but Yes. I mean, I thought I thought Akib was awesome last year. Yeah. yeah. And he did he did like two or three Seahawks games in a row and 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 by the third one, I was like I was like, shit, yeah, we got to keep again. I I was stoked. But you don't need, you don't need, like, I I don't, these astronomical numbers are paying, or it's, it's pretty silly. I mean, it is silly. You know, yeah. Anyways, Beth knows, I don't, yeah, nothing, I don't, doesn't, yeah, a little irritating, but I I don't, I don't care. I don't really care. I mean, Rod Gilmore, (laughs) Rod Gilmore is the worst. Uh, I'm just Rod, Gil- anything oh, Rod boy, Gilmore.
0: Anything yeah. Rod Gilmore bad. Bad. So bad, you know. So, uh, Nacho, if he, wa- he shouldn't be focusing on the name Owens. He should be focusing on the name Thibodeau if he wants to trigger you guys. So, now, I'll read one more of his questions. <laughs> okay. okay. <laughs> I'll read one more of his questions, and then we'll move on to some of these other folks. But. Have any of you heard of the Eugene Police Department as to whether they have filed attempted murder charges against Alex Cook yet? If not, what are they waiting for? Uh, I have not followed the police blotter of the Eugene Herald, so I'm not <laughs> sure. But
3: uh, well, the aggravating answer.
1: To tonight, Bo Nix coming back, baby.
2: <laughs> yeah,
1: he's got he's got a prosthetic leg, and he's coming back. He's, uh, <laughs> Yeah. Wasn't it one of you
0: guys who was pointing out? Wasn't it you, Wooly? You were saying that they—they they were saying he was legless now or whatever.
2: They
3: were literally—they just kept saying one leg over and over and over again. And then you watch him, and you watch him like—it's mostly obvious when he comes back into that game, the game against the Huskies. Like he is like planting, he's running, like he's not doing like divine runs as much and stuff like that. Like, yeah, it was just fucking ridiculous. It's like every three seconds they're one leg. <laughs> but he's back. he. I know we, we're hypocrites now because we're talking about Henick coming back. Who, uh, you know, was playing yet another year of college football. But Onyx has played four fucking years of full season,
1: uh and is
3: coming back uh, again. Uh, what a fucking loser.
1: No, we're yeah. Uh, you and I were talking about that the other day. Is the uh, the the all the teams that played you know, 10 games or more in the COVID year should not have a free year.
0: Agreed. That should be the,
1: that should be the one thing that the NCAA rewarded in, in the, uh, you know, our, our soft, soft ass conferences, you know, favor is, is like, Oh, okay. Well, it's not your fault that, you know, they, they didn't want to play football. So we'll award you one free year since it's literally four games you know, for most of the teams, which would be a red shirt year, you know, but you know, like Bo Nick's playing eleven fucking games and getting a free year of eligibility, you know, it is bullshit. He's going to talk. green. That's my my prediction.
0: Um, no bias there. Um, Fire Cohen. Any chance of doing a joint pod with the Delusion and Delusional Horn fans? I didn't hear back from Surly Horns after that initial post. He he didn't get back to me. And, um, you know, so whatever. Um, It would have been fun, probably, but um, let's see here. Bananas, well, well, post game orange slices, shower, fridge, hearty, har, har. Um, Bananas the Blondes. In the late 60s and 70s, was the butthole really the fancy feast, or has that claim been exaggerated? Uh, okay.
2: Let's see here. <laughs> All right.
0: Canada Dog. Hey, Daryl, Johnny, Woody, Dude, third time, short time, thanks for taking my call.
2: If you had to play
0: one... So I guess I'm... Daryl and Johnny, and then you're – I don't understand that. Okay. If you had to play one down per side against Texas, very funny, what position would you (laughs) pick on offense and defense? If I had to play one down? (laughs) Per side. Per side. Well,
1: Well, then you can't pick between offense and defense because you say per side, one down per side. So that would be both sides, right?
0: Yes, it's, uh, I I mean, uh, I don't know.
1: um, I I would stop running back and and, call call us back. (laughs) (laughs) Let's
0: see. (laughs) Purple Bays. Yes, I had to edit this. Was initially a smart-ass response to Canadoog. But I'll pose a question. How worthless is the Heisman Trophy anymore? For that matter, how worthless (laughs) are any of the other trophies? The Heisman in particular has become too much of a popularity contest. Well, it's always been a popularity contest. Um, Yeah, but
1: the way – I I was watching – pardon the interruption after uh, – I watched a few talking head shows after Washington beat Oregon just to see if it was even mentioned, and – All that was, like, even brought up on, like, pardon the interruption was Tony Kornheiser saying, oh, the Pac-12 is done. They are done. They're out of the talk, blah, 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 all this shit, right? And then literally a week later, it was uh, USC could sneak back in, and Caleb Williams is a Heisman favorite now. And it was like, what? What the fuck? What happened? (laughs) How much... Where'd the bag of money where'd the bag of money come from? Like all of a sudden like the 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 fucking brief truck just showed up in Bristol, Connecticut and they just started hyping up Caleb Williams for no reason. I mean, it was really ridiculous.
0: And our guy didn't even get invited there.
1: Not at all. But a that sniff. might be
0: that and that might be partly Washington's fault, but um yeah.
3: Yeah, the Heisman got I mean like 10 years ago or so, maybe Like, they kind of game the system where it's not that hard for quarterbacks on decent on good teams to, like, have really good stats. And that kind of fucked it up, too. Where now it's kind of becoming, like, an attrition of, like, whoever throws the least interceptions and has, like, good stats on a good team is, like, now just going to win the Heisman. Where it's, like, yeah, if you're – and Caleb Bloom, pretty good. Like, I'm not going to deny that. But it's just kind of, like – Of course,
0: yeah.
3: And same thing with, like, Bryce Young. Like, yeah, there's a lot of – which maybe that's always what it was. I mean, because college football has always so much been about systems and the triple option and shit like that. Like, I don't know. It's always kind of been a weird award, but it just kind of feels like now it's getting too – they need some characters and they need some, like, excitement. Like, no one – there was nothing fun or exciting about any of the guys who were competing for it. I mean, could you tell me anything about any of those guys Uh, for the most part? Like, I don't know. It just needs, like – they need to get, like, some – Fucking actual characters to be involved in the, that, and yeah, like it's just kind of be, it's kind of fading.
0: Well, maybe if uh, Michael Penix had painted his toenails purple and gold or something, and got that on ESPN in early October. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: yeah. He said sarcastically.
1: He could have um, painted like fuck, fuck, Coug on his on his fingernails or something, you know, and
2: he would have got talking. right in.
1: Yeah, fuck Mel Tucker. Fuck, fuck Mel Tucker. <laughs> 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 but, by the, yeah, way, by a, the way, they would do it.
0: They would do a thing about Mel Tucker <laughs> getting his his players all the rest they needed, and then the the Washington feature would be uh, Michael Penix's toenails being painted. Fuck Mel Tucker. So,
1: well, I mean, the the Mel Tucker and the uh, the Jimbo Fisher contracts looking bad, and and now. Uh, Jake, Jake, Jake Dickert, uh, you know, his, his contract. I don't know, man. Not, uh, that, that whole, that Coug situation, not looking so good, looking good for us, but. Well,
0: I would, so I would be Coug. very concerned if I was a Koog fan.
1: Oh, um, yeah. Yeah.
0: Duke DuJour says, will the podcast be sending one of the hardcore Husky basement dwellers to report live from the Alamo Bowl? Yes. Uh, Joey Dangerously will be at the Alamo Bowl in May.
2: Um, <laughs> just consider it a post-game
1: it. show. Yeah. <laughs> Better life than never. <laughs> in fact, this is what I
0: want. I want us to do a podcast. I want you to re- be Joey, I want you to call in from the exercise well, center of the uh, San, San Antonio motel Six okay
1: oh, oh I, hey I, <laughs> hey, this is great this is great news. I was uh my brother my brother's getting married in August, and i had I had thought because initially he said his bachelor party was going to be in Austin in March in Austin, Texas in March. So I was like, well, nah, I'm not going to be able to go. I'm going to Vegas in February. I'm going to San Antonio in May. I mean, that's, it, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm already, I, I'm, I'm putting in a, enough money, you know, uh, into vacations this year, not going to be able to do it. And then he, he tells me last night at our, our family Christmas party, uh, that, uh, he's like, Oh no, no, we're going in May. I was like, really? What days are you going in May?" And he gives me the dates, and it's like literally when I'm in San Antonio, so I'm going to be double dipping in San Antonio and Austin while I'm down there. So I'll get a good. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go get get the good dirt on uh, Sark and and Kukowski and and uh, who's the old D line coach? Uh, what's his name? Choate. Uh, Choate. Uh, yeah, I get I get chote. uh Yeah, I'll, I'll get the skinny on everybody down there. I'll get a big, big post-game review. Or I'll just get really (laughs) shit-faced for three or four days and not do any of it.
2: (laughs)
0: But you also posted uh, two days ago on Hardcore Husky in response to Doug DuJour that um, she was suggesting that you hitch a ride with Labam Dog and Mabel, and you said, Mm -hmm. I can get down with the van life. And then he got a little prickly (laughs) over that.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, I, I, I yeah, I just it was a pejorative. I, I yeah. It was, well, it wasn't uh, that bad. No, 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 no. Uh, so okay. I want to do long. I want to do long RV travel though. At some point, so I'm I'm very envious of, of what Labamdog Dog did. So.
0: the ill skid says. Uh is this the worst Heisman race ever? In my lifetime, it appears to be, and I don't know how old he is. I think he's around thirty, but I don't know. Uh any other years that stand out? Um
3: who to it be that, I, mean, didn't,
0: out. I think I think Nacho said something about Gino Toretta in ninety two or something. I have to go to I the mean, next you page here. They're- there, yeah, there some, it is.
3: Uh, yeah, there are some bum ones back in the day when I was like, kind of before my time, I feel like.
1: <clears throat> my dad oh, my God. Danny Warfel. Danny Warfel. Yeah. Oh, Gino boy. Toretta. Yeah. yeah. Uh, J- Jason White, you guys. <laughs> Jason <laughs> <Yeah>. White. <laughs> Chris, Chris, uh, Winky Eric Chris Winky and Chris Winky!
3: Yeah,
2: no, people forget.
3: There's. Troy Smith from Ohio State, like what? Like, yeah. Uh, you forget because there's some good ones, but there's a lot of fucking stinkers, like, uh, where you're like, yeah, Chris White. Chris White, there was a time there, which is fucking sad for the Pac 12, where you would see guys like Chris White, Chris Winky, and Eric Crouch, where you would be like, these guys aren't fucking good quarterbacks. Like, uh, and you're like the Pac twelve has like nine quarterbacks better than these guys and they just play on the right team and then it would come true. But like sadly those days are fucking over. But yeah, there is some really big stinker, like, do
1: you forget. I think I think Chris Chris Winky won it. That was the year the Huskies won the Rose Bowl. And then yeah. Chris Winky won it. But but Oklahoma I didn't Oklahoma won that game, right? And they had Josh, Josh Heifel was their quarterback.
0: That's right. Yeah,
1: and Oklahoma Oklahoma blew them out,
3: pretty much. I think they well Drew Brees, Drew Brees, the Drew Brees, L- L- Danny and Tomlinson. And, uh, Tui didn't even make the top five. Yeah,
0: and you guys won't probably won't remember this one because this happened when I was in high school, I think. But Andre Ware won it in the '80s, and the, his only claim to fame was that he was like throwing for 400 yards a game when that was unheard of. But um, he played for Houston, and then I don't. Uh, I could go mm-hmm. back and look it up, but I mean they didn't really do anything. I remember there was one game where they played a really terrible team, and he threw for like seven hundred and eighty yards or something. And um, I just didn't think he deserved the uh, the Heisman for that. Well,
1: it I don't. Know. It just seems like their criteria is just it's just odd. They're like isn't it, it's always like it's supposed to be the best player in college football or, you know, whatever, or, or the most impact. And then, and then like Hugh Millen was going on about it last week. Like, you know, you have to be representative or, you know, you're basically like a, I don't know, a good representative of college football. So he's like, that goes into my voting. And Caleb Williams is not a good representative of college football or whatever. I mean, it, so I, I mean, it's like the the best player to me when I when I watch games. Like I have not seen a better player than fucking Brock Bowers. I mean, Brock Bowers is is the shit. You know, every time he touches the ball, it looks like it looks like he's a fucking you know NFL pro playing in a college game, and and we have to deal with another year of him. So, but I mean, I don't. And, and, you know, a tight end will never get a, I mean, never get a sniff. Well, the defense, the, the, the,
3: it,
1: the fact that, like, defense,
3: other than Charles Woodson, who had to, like, do returns and play uh, offense to get it is really fucking stupid. Because, I mean, you've had so many times where it's like, yeah, the far and away the best player, like, Emtterman <laughs> and Adamic and Sue and stuff like that were like, yeah, like, the best player, the yeah. most exciting player... Yeah just plays defense, like, why the fuck can't they win the Heisman? It's like, that's just another stupid thing about it, and there's been plenty of examples, like, they're not even, con- the fact that they're not even considered, fucking, it, it, that's the funny part, yeah, because, like, why can't a defensive player just be, like, win it?
1: Well, and yeah, so, like, Andre like, a- a- Aiden Hutchinson last year was, like, ridiculous. Yeah. Especially <laughs> because, like, <laughs> offense... Offense has gotten so
3: like, just, it has been for a long time. Oh, it has been too. It's like systematic and like your team like a lot of times if you're just surrounded by talent, but it's never really a defensive player who's like, well, like that guy just had good def- other players around him, and that's why he's a good defender. Like, so it actually really is generally the best football player. Is what's cool about considering it a defensive player too. For me.
0: So I was looking well, I at Andre Ware, Andre Ware here, and, and, I, and I'm recalling something also that bothered me from that year in terms of him getting the Heisman, was that he, Houston was on probation that year, so they didn't go to a bowl game, and uh, so I, I, I took uh, umbrage at that as well. And then I'm looking at this year; they they went nine and two on the season, um, but they only played two ranked teams. They beat 18th ranked Texas Tech, and they lost to 13th-ranked Arkansas. And, um, you know, so... But whoop he do? he threw for 4,600 yards at 45 TDs in a time when nobody was doing that. So I guess that stood out, but... Um, you yeah, know, whatever. I just thought... I just thought that uh, that was not at a level of competition playing for a team that was on probation... And they couldn't run the ball, so they were throwing it all over the place. And I just remember, I thought there were better examples out there of somebody that should win it. But anyways,
1: well, who was who was nominated with him?
0: That I that I don't have any memory of, and I and I uh, don't have it up on the screen right now. But it's not, it's not a hill I'm gonna die on or anything. It's just I wanted to go and look it up. Uh, let's see here. As we wrap this up
2: here,
1: <laughs> Jason White.
2: <laughs>
1: Jason White. Jeez, bum, bum. Yeah. Uh,
0: well, I guess we we gave Elskid uh, his answer. That's for sure.
1: Yeah, Warfel. But Charlie Ward. He uh, and he uh, played basket. Went and played basketball. He was a good player, though. I'm not
0: gonna. You know, yeah, not he's kidding. a good... And he was a Probably good point guard, too,
1: time. yeah. Probably way ahead of his time.
0: HH Bru says, what are you drinking? Merry Christmas to you filthy animals. I am drinking a uh, citrus-flavored, no jokes there, folks, uh, ghost uh,
1: energy drink. <laughs> I just polished off like I just polished off like a citrus twist sparkling ice because uh, I have to get up early for work tomorrow, so I'm I'm not drinking tonight. Coming back, I, I'm just drinking water.
3: I've been sick for like a week and a half. Got the crud. I got the crud in Vancouver <laughs> last weekend. I got the Vancouver crud <laughs> at a nightclub in Vancouver last weekend or a Canucks game. Take your pick. <laughs>
0: you really went to a Canuck game
3: oh yeah I was at a Canuck game what? last Saturday lost 3-0 to zero to the Minnesota Wild
1: okay you don't want to mention the, the Minnesota Wild <laughs>
0: no. The roar, I'm skipping a few of these here but uh, no offense to anybody out there uh, the roar of the crowd, given that the Big 12 has dominated the matchup by winning like 70% of the Alamo bowls, the home field advantage seems powerful. The other operating assumption appears to be the large average star ranking advantage for the Texas players versus the UW pedigree. These are the two factors responsible. Are these the two factors responsible for Texas' five-point favorite uh, as uh, their five-point favorite going into the game? Or is it the UW has fallen out the back door and wound up hugging the dumpster in the alley as a result of coaching changes and poor recent recruiting? I don't really understand the analogy there or the metaphor, but, um, um, you know, I I think it's going to be a loud Texas crowd, but as we already talked about about an hour ago that, uh, I think the three of us agree that this game isn't going to be a be all end all for Texas, and if anything, it's probably the equivalent of maybe Washington playing in the Potato Bowl or playing in the Fight Hunger Bowl or something. <laughs> maybe a little, right? Is that right? Maybe maybe it has a little more juice to it than that because oh, we probably sure. wouldn't be playing Texas in the Potato Bowl, but or whatever they call it now.
1: The the one thing they had going for them in that Fight Hunger Bowl. Was the fact that they were playing BYU that that's what that's what actually made that one game interesting, you know? And and they had 2E coaching, you know. But, I guess yeah, I don't follow. Playing, what, you,
0: what do you mean though? By we had well, you say, you're it was, saying
1: it, it was like a little more juice and you know than like a craft fight hunger bowl. And I was just going back to the one we play, you know, you played in you know, that fight hunger bowl. And, and yeah, it wouldn't have been like, I'm just saying if we wouldn't have been excited if they were playing, uh, you know, Utah state in that game, you know, that the well, only, I
0: wasn't, were you excited to play BYU?
1: No, I, no, I was <laughs> just saying that like, like, like the only reason it even like the needle jumped a, a little bit, you know, instead of being a zero, but you know, it was like a, it was like a two or a three is cause you were playing BYU. You know, instead of playing uh, like a like a Utah State or or if they would have played like the New Mexico Lobos or something, you know, in in that game. Yeah. Okay. I guess. I mean, it it, it was like it was okay that that one game that one time we played in that bowl game it was okay because you end up playing BYU and you know there's a you know there's a decent history you know f- semi rivalry with BYU so that was like. But, yeah, in, any other year would have been, you know, black. And this like will sounds like, like a field bowl, comment. But the Vegas Bowl versus Boise State the year before, like that was like, ugh. It was just, there was nothing to be hyped up for that game. Nothing. So, it's nice to be in a second-tier bowl and, and actually have a, you know, a little bit of a, little bit of a juice going into it,
0: gotcha. Uh, let's see if there's any other last ones here. uh there's a bam dog going off on you about uh you referring to his thing <laughs> as a van <laughs> uh, let's see here uh oh oh, uh, Nacho with his food porn. he wanted you to describe the food spread at your family's Christmas party. <laughs>
1: Oh yeah. Uh yeah, my infamous well, brother he bought he brought uh he brought We'll close Venice the show out chili. with it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> my infamous brother bought brought uh venison chili. <laughs> um, can't confirm if it was roadkill or with a bow and arrow. <laughs> I do not know. I did not ask. And Joey is it. not exaggerated. <laughs> 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 nope. And then he brought he brought uh he brought bear summer sausage, which was you know, which is great. It's good. Um, and, you know, the usual uh, chips, uh little charcuterie selections and you know, boards and whatnot. And uh my uncle makes an oyster stew every year, so that's good. Oh, my brother also he's a commercial fisherman, so he brought he brought some dungeness crab and uh yeah just a uh, good uh good outdoor living like <laughs> almost nothing bothered <bought laughs> the store nothing bought it, just your regular safeway <laughs> so
0: and i and i just got a message moments ago from fire the janitor And so he ordered three of my books, and he's already read them all. And he's only had them for about three days, four days. Wow,
1: wow, good for him.
0: Uh, I doubt he would mind me reading the one line here. He says the Matt Rogers shit in Dogs of War legitimately had me laughing out loud yesterday. I barely remember him going to American Idol, but certainly don't know what a didn't know what a character he was. And I won't read the rest of this. But anyways, okay, so. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, well, uh, so as we talked about before we started recording, it sounds like we'll be doing uh, podcasts uh, for each of the next two uh, coming Saturdays. So the next one, will will specifically preview the Alamo Bowl and get a little bit more in the detail there in terms of the player matchups and stuff, and then we'll wander off, and next thing you know, we'll be – Looking at the season schedule for the 2012 Iowa State Cyclones or something, right? <laughs> um, and then uh, the uh, the one that we do on the 31st will uh, will obviously either be celebrating or lamenting whatever happened in San Antonio uh, two days earlier. So, all right, well, hey guys, good talking with you as always. A Merry Christmas to both of you, and um, and then we'll uh, we'll be talking real soon.
3: Hey, hell yeah.
1: Merry Christmas. So, So, all right, see you guys. Bye. Yep. Bye.
4: Thank you for listening to the Hardcore Husky Podcast. This show is copyrighted material. In other words, stop plagiarizing our shit, fuckos. So please tell a friend and rate us five stars on iTunes, especially you cheap bastards who don't donate. It's the least you could do. Yeah, I'm looking at you, creepy coog. And come join our fun over at hardcorehusky.com. We've got Husky Football, Yellow Snows Record Shop, and our notorious Tug Tavern, which is which is a shit show of politics and strange nudes. And if you enjoy yourself and are ready for the next level, level of cyber peyote, peyote, come join Swain's Wigwam. <laughs> I'm gonna have to read this over. Swain's
0: Wigwam, yeah.
4: Swain's Wigwam, <laughs> at Navajo Nation's gift to college football. It's also the official private club of hardcore Huskies. We're talking boobs, guns, and inside information, all for the low low fee of one hundred and twenty nine dollars a year. Come join the fun. (laughs) After he did that one, but.